0: It's good to see you all this morning. You all, not y'all. Unless you're from the South. I was talking to somebody this morning and um, I said, Man, everybody who is at church today really wants to be there. So you're in good company. And you know what happens when you want to be here? He shows up. You know, we're not here just to play games or fool around or just do church. You're here because you want to tap into the heart of God. You want God to tap into your heart. You're here for a reason and a purpose, and you drove through that dangerous, slushy, icy snow to get here, not to hear some guy preach. You came here so that the Holy Spirit would speak to you. I mean, honestly, let's talk about it. Let's be real about it. This is not about any one person. This is not Honestly, this isn't about us. This is about God. And this is how, how do we come together and how do we learn and grow and express and get excited about God? How do we, we come here with a reason, with a purpose, with intentionality. We come here hopefully expecting God to, to show himself to us in new ways. And I believe that he already has in some of you. Whether it's just a new arena of faith, whether it's just a new arena of prayer, maybe it's just that you had uh, uh, had the opportunity to, to be here for the first time. I'll tell you, it was a privilege in between services. I got to meet someone new, and they were the first time here, and they just said, it was so beautiful today to just be here with friends, and it's their first time. Maybe that's an experience that is new for you at church, that you can find friends there. You know, maybe it's a, the, the perspective has been that church is really not a place where you belong or where you fit in. Well, I'm telling you right now, God has invited you into His family. and We are just an extension of what God is doing. And as long as we carry the attitude that says, hey, God loves people and so should we, people are going to find friends here. And I'm thankful that we can make a difference just by showing love through friendship. I want to thank you all for taking on this Wonderful responsibility to share the greatest news that has ever been given to the world that you have the privilege to know, and we have the responsibility to share. It's a great, wonderful thing that we get to do every single week, and this is not just some sort of religious activity that makes us feel good. This is something that is life-changing, life-altering. This is something that, is, uh, uh, that we take very seriously, and in that seriousness, we find complete joy. What a wonderful thing it is to be here, and I want to say that you making the trek out here says very good things about you and your desire for God. It's just the truth. You know what? Have you ever found that the harder it is to get to church, the more blessed you become? Have you ever had that moment where you're like, man, I just don't even want to get out of bed today, right? Katie raised her hand. Sometimes it's just hard, but when you come to church, you make that effort, and you finally get here, you're like, man, I can't believe I almost missed it. You ever have that? I think it's because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. When we seek God, man, He is there to be found. And when we do this together, right, Satan runs. And when we come with expectation and anticipation, Faith is being built. When we come together and we share one another's burdens and we pray for one another, chains are being broken. When we come together and there is just humility and unity within each other, boy, there are some powerful things that happen because the Spirit of God is right inside that. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that we get to share in this wonderful life together. A wonderful life. It's a wonderful life, isn't it? We are just out of the holidays, and I'm so thankful for the time that God has blessed um, our family to be able to connect together. Now that uh, hearing some of the stories of what God has done with you, and through the busyness we were able to find a good focus on Jesus, and the reason for the season, and new new life with the new year of, of last week, and celebrating all the new things that God does for us is a great start, a wonderful start. So how many of you, you've got those New Year's resolutions, you still remember them, Right? It's good. If you forgot, well, it's something new. Let's just go there. And God has new things for you. And today is really going to be an extension from last week. Last week, we talked about the new things that God is doing and birthing inside of us. And he's, he's a, He is the creator of new beginnings. So if you're here today, if you haven't heard this, that God is a God of second chances more than once. God is a God of new beginnings. He creates and so we are c- continuing on this idea of what God can do for us and through us. And we are continuing to go through the big things that God has in store for us. But this time we are going to join right back up to Joshua and Joshua chapter 10. You can turn there. This is a series that we are going through chapter by chapter. We're discovering God uh, in our lives through the book of Joshua and the, uh, this general, uh, strategic general for God that would come and take back the blessings that the Israelite people were looking for and needed. And they're entering into the land of Canaan and driving out the enemy where he doesn't belong. How many of you know that God wants to drive out the enemy in your life and he doesn't belong there? And when we look at Joshua, it can look like it's pretty hard. God is pretty hard on the enemy. Well, that should point to us that God doesn't want any, any hint of the enemy encamped where God's blessings is in your life. Because it will ultimately aban- or take away from what God has for you. So when we read Joshua, we're looking at the spiritual aspect that God has no tolerance for sin, number one. He eradicates it and puts to death the old things, the former things, the things that do not belong, and, b- and provides blessings through the new things, And there are big things, big things that are happening in Joshua's life and the Israelites as they are conquering and going moving forward into what God has already promised them and given them, and they're fulfilling the promises of God, and they're moving together in unity and harmony, and they're driving back and obliterating the enemy, which speaks to us, you have the power to take control of your life and drive out Satan where he doesn't belong in your life. And it takes a battle, and the battle is really up to you. Are you willing to take up that sword? Are you willing to take up that shield and, let's say, right, tighten up that belt and go forward? And fight those battles. There are battles for you. They're waiting for you. But you're not fighting it alone. There is victory. There is success. And it's not on your strength. It's on His strength. That's why we need the sword. And it's the sword of the Spirit. You can't do the sword that we have in the material. It's only one in the Spirit. Big things are on the way for you. I want us to pray as we pray this prayer together. God. God. We are looking forward to the big things you have for us. Help us to believe in the big things that you have for us that's in store. Help us to grab a hold of how powerful, of how mighty, and how big you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Johnny, a very bright five-year-old, told his daddy he'd like to have a baby brother. And along with his request, offered to do whatever he could do to help. His dad... It was a very bright 35-year-old, paused for a moment and replied, Well, I'll tell you what, Johnny. If you pray every day for two months for a baby brother, I guarantee that God will give you one. Johnny responded eagerly to his dad's challenge and went to his bedroom early that night just to have a time of prayer for his baby brother that would be on the way. He prayed every night for a whole month, but after some time, he began to get skept- skeptical. So he searched for answers all around the neighborhood and found out that what he thought was going to happen had never occurred in the history of the entire neighborhood. You don't just pray for two months and then whammo, a new baby brother, he came to reason. So Johnny quit praying, and after a month, Johnny's mother went to the hospital. And when she had came back home, Johnny's parents called him into the bedroom. And he cautiously walked into the room, not expecting to find anything. And there was a little bundle laying right next to his mother. His his dad pulled back the blankets, and there was not one baby brother, but two. His mother had twins. Johnny's dad looked down at him and said, now, aren't you glad that you prayed? Johnny hesitated a little while, looked up at his dad and said, aren't you glad I quit when I did? (laughs) We're going to talk about big prayers. Big prayers that seem impossible, big prayers that are out of our reach, that are just out of our grasp, praying for big things. Have you ever had the courage to ask God for something big? If we could pause for a moment and just think about the times in your life where your memory begins to reflect upon what things has God, has you asked God for. Have you ever prayed for God to intervene on a big scale? Grand, huge, to intervene on the devil's plans. You knew that you were being attacked and there was no way that you could win this and the outcome was only going to be devastation. Have you ever prayed a prayer with faith saying, God, I believe that you're going to make this good? The enemy is attacking. He means it for evil. But I believe, and I'm coming to you, believing in a miracle. This is, this is going to be the best thing for me, my family, my friend. Have you ever prayed for a supernatural miracle? I mean a supernatural miracle. Do you read God's word and you see those miracles and you just think it's just for them? And you've asked the question, God, why don't you do that anymore? But maybe we stop asking the question, why don't you do that anymore? And we start saying, God, you did it once before and you're the same God yesterday as you are today. I'm going to start believing in today. And start believing in that supernatural miracle. What's wrong with that? Maybe we believe in the supernatural miracles of the Bible, but we're not really specifically sure if that means today or for me or for right now. What if we begin to come to God with a full expectation of a new faith, a faith that is elevated? Do you think you would offend God with bigger prayers? Or maybe we are coming to God with offensive prayers that are too small. How are we offending God? I don't think you're going to offend God with something too big that we'd come to Him. And I'm not talking about the Lord, give me a million dollars. Not that kind of, that's a little prayer. I'm talking about lining up with the heart of God, with the character of God, with the nature of God, and praying His kingdom come through you. And maybe you're the operation that God, God uses to see His kingdom come in your world into the where you preach the gospel into your family where it is impossible because that brother who's an atheist who, who is more than an atheist he rejects God and hates God and hates what you stand for because God is in you and every time you get around him his spirit conflicts with your spirit because there's a spiritual battle and it just raises agitation and seems impossible. He hates God too much. Are you praying for that kind of spiritual supernatural work of God so that he will have a Saul encounter and the scales will come off his eyes and be able to see God in a new light not as somebody he hates but somebody who has loved him even when he is a sinner are we praying for supernatural workings in our family are we praying for supernatural miracles that are outside of the natural realm have you ever asked god for answers that uh, that are bigger than what science can give are we willing to have that kind of faith or are we just too tied down to human reason used human wisdom because god has always been in the arena to defy what humans can say is wise in fact the God will make the wise things of this world foolish. I want to challenge us today that if our prayers are always small, then chances are we're going to get small answers. And how you pray. How you pray. How do you pray? How are your words formulated? How is your heart responding to God? What, do you, what is your prayer life like not what you would like it to be. What, what is it like right now? It's an important concept for us to take a hold of today, right now, because how you pray determines what kind of life you live. Now, this isn't some sort of judgmental or condemnation. Listen, this isn't about how you can say more eloquent words or how you can pray longer or how when you sit in the quiet space with God, all you can think about is other things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about outside of the performance, how kind of faith are you bringing to God? What kind of faith are you willing to to believe in? What kind of God is it really that, is, that we're reading about? Do you take personally in your lives and say, God, I believe that you can do this for me. God, I believe that if I come to you with faith, you're gonna respond, that you listen. God, I believe that, that nothing is impossible for you. What kind of faith are you willing to stretch your arm out and say, God, I'm willing to touch you in this area of my life. I'm willing to reach out to you with my hands and you're gonna come back and you're gonna touch where I'm, my heart needs to be touched. I can't get rid of this garbage in my life. I need you to do a supernatural miracle. I'm willing to give five minutes of my time. I'm not just willing to say that. I want to do that. And I want to see where that five minutes goes. If that goes to 50 minutes, wow, then that's a supernatural miracle. Have you ever tried to pray? Maybe it just seems too boring. Let's let God do the the miracle work in our life and let Him give a new desires of our heart. And maybe that desire is though that we don't fall asleep while we're supposed to be praying. God, God loves to communicate with you. He's watching you. He sees you. And he's waiting and he is, his ear is perked right towards you. And when every time that you're in the car and you just mention his name, he's like, what's my child saying? Yeah. What would happen if we started praying in a different arena of faith? I think for most of us, it's an easy trap to get caught up into just praying the routine or the ordinary, right? I mean, it's something that we do. We pray over dinner every night, every meal. We pray. We pray before we go to bed. We pray with our kids. We pray for traveling mercies. We pray with, 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 um, with our day, like, God, I, I, I just want today to be a good day. These are good prayers, They're not bad. In fact, they're necessary for us to include God in our life like this. These are good things. But if it's just limited to that, I just want to challenge that maybe God just has a little bit more for you in your prayer times. And maybe there's a little bit more that can be found in God other than just praying in these certain times. Maybe there's other areas of our life that we can just come to God and say, God, I'm ready for you. What would happen if we had the audacity to ask God for those big things, those impossible things? He will open doors that would normally not be open to us. There are doors in our life that we are wanting to walk through. And some of those doors that we don't even know exist because we haven't sought after God enough to know that they're there. And then furthermore, there's doors in our life that we know are there, but they're just so chained and locked up, it's impossible to walk through that door, that blessing that's on the other side, because we haven't unlocked it with the key of faith and prayer. It means trusting God for the answer. It means coming to Him and saying, God, this is impossible, but I'm willing to come up to that bolted door and I'm willing to let you unlock it for me. I've been trying my whole life and I can't seem to do it. I guess you're the only one with the key. And we just come to Him and say, God, you you open that door. It means coming to those places of impossible The impossible things in our life that we can't do on our own. It means praying prayers that scare us. Have you ever prayed a prayer that scares you? Right? Where you pray a prayer like if you're with somebody, you're asking for a miracle and you're not sure that it's going to happen, and they're maybe not a believer, but you pray in faith. It's the kind of prayer that scares you because what if it doesn't come true? What if it doesn't happen? That's the kind of prayer that we need to be praying because we realize it's not on us, it's on Him. We need to be praying the prayers that scare us. If we only pray comfortable prayers, we're not going to get answers. And in fact, if we're praying comfortable prayers, we're only praying for answers that we can already give. Pray the kind of prayer that puts your reputation on the line a little bit. I like praying the kind of prayers that says hey, I'm praying for our church that will we'll see a spiritual climate change like Jesus comes and infiltrates not just those who come in here but his presence starts to spread and multiply outside of where we're at in Harrisville Plain City Pleasant View Willard right, these areas that are around us that God begins to share what he's doing here and begins to share what's inside your heart and we begin to express what God is doing and this church really becomes that, that, that beacon of hope. I believe in prayers that say, God, I want this church to be a place that just glorifies you and be the, the, that God's presence begins to move here so much as it already has and people start asking, I, I want to go check out what that church is doing because it's something amazing. I've been hearing about it. And people start finding interest not of what we are doing, right? It's nothing what we are doing. It's what God is doing through us and what we are allowing Him to do. Let's begin to ask for those things that are impossible. The realtor, when we were looking at a place to to meet outside of this building, he said, what you're looking for, the square footage and the price is literally impossible, verbatim what our realtor said. We looked at other buildings, we looked at other places, and I said, this isn't going to work. We saw this empty, or we saw this building, it was real deals, there was stuff all in here, and it was I said, man, this would be a great place to have church. We were looking for a building, brought a board member over. We put our hands on the outside of those doors and said, God, provide this building for us. And less than a year later, we signed a contract or a lease, and we began to move into this space. Are we willing to believe in things that are just outside of the grasp? Of our reach, something that we can't do. This whole thing, how we are here right now is not something that any of us can do. This is just a movement of God that He is, that He is showing Himself to us and you. And we just come together. We sharpen one another. We encourage one another. I see what God is doing in you. You see what God is doing in us and the person sitting next to you. And I say, Oh man, God is definitely on the move for you. And I can't wait for more people to come in and hear your story. That's all it's, that's all it is. And it's not really your story. It's the story that you have about God's goodness in your life. That's what we do here. We pray for the big things. The prayers that says, I'm ready. I'm nervous. I'm scared just a little bit. But God, I want to go into that place that says, I don't even have a clue how that's going to work out. But I'm willing to trust you anyways. And getting into our sermon today. Joshua chapter 10. Joshua has led the Israelites through some amazing things. They had crossed the Jordan River out of the desert that they've been wandering for 40 years. They come and they battled Jericho with their voices and praise. How many of you know that the enemy can be the walls of the enemy can be brought down through praise and worship? What we do here. You know, we don't just sing music, or we don't just sing and play music. This is not something that is just that you can find at a bar. Right? This is something that God is tapping into your heart through music like David. When he brought his harp, God's presence was there. God's presence will comfort you through music. And the words that are sung that are about God, he takes joy in that. We're fighting the battle. We're bringing walls down that the the enemy is setting up in our lives. And we say, there is no more for you, no more walls that you're going to put in my place. And they're coming down and going to be like rubble. That's what Joshua and the Israelites did through their praise and through their shouts of praise. Uh, victory to God, they came down. They move over, moved over to the town of Ai and they took over Ai. Once they had, had come together and allowed God to go before them, they followed after God and they went running. Then the Gibeonites gave the Israelites their full support. Wasn't necessarily what God had intended for them, but they have now joined forces with the Gibeonites, and the Gibeonites are their servants, and they will do anything that, uh, that Joshua and the Israelites will do. Now in Joshua chapter 10, we see that the Gibeonites are under attack because five kings from Jerusalem have got, gathered together in their area, that they are gathering together, the joining forces to fight against the Gibeonites and Israel. See, the Gibeonites were a huge clan, a huge tribe. There was a ton of them, and this caused the enemy to be fearful. And that should speak something to us. One, that whenever somebody comes into the fold of God, let's just use that terminology, or somebody comes to know God, somebody comes to be a part of this church, Satan sees that as a threat. He doesn't want to see that. He doesn't want to see you bring your friend. He doesn't want to see you uh, uh, bring... Of, oh, co-worker, he doesn't want to see you bring your family because he knows that when we join forces, there is a greater threat towards him in that area of blessings that we live. Secondly, we could see that the enemy combined forces. Have you ever been under attack where it seems like you're getting attacked from all sides? Maybe you're just that kind of a threat that the enemy says we need to gather our troops and go after you. That does happen. You know, sometimes we say things happen in threes. You know, okay, this one, that one. Okay, here's the third one. I'm waiting for that. Well, sometimes when you're a Christian, it comes down to it where Satan's not going to give up on three. We just push back because we know that if we're that much of a threat, that God is doing something in somebody else's heart too. So... That's just the outline. I'm going to read about 10 verses here. We're going to read the story together. If you're part of a discipleship group, this is really a fantastic time to be thinking and processing what God is speaking to you, areas of discussion, and what that can bring out. If you're not part of a discipleship group, we can get you connected to one. Joshua chapter 10. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, Eglon, "...joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it." Does this mic sound okay? Can you hear it okay? "...the Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, "'Do not abandon your servants.'" Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all of the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. He's got the best out there. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. We don't have to fear the enemy. I have given them into your hand. Satan's already been conquered. You are more than a conqueror. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. None of Satan's attacks or demons can get at you. They cannot withstand you, because when you say the name of Jesus, they go running right? That's where you have victory. That's where you're more than a conqueror. You just speak the name of Jesus. You say, Jesus, I trust you. In Jesus' name, go. In Jesus' name, I have strength and victory. In Jesus' name, there is no temptation. In Jesus' name, I am a solid rock because on him I stand. In Jesus' name, no one will be able to withstand you. And after, all night, mar- after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. Sometimes the battle, you're going to have to march through the night. Sometimes you're going to have to push through to fight that spiritual battle. Sometimes you're going to have to pursue a spiritual battle instead of running from it. Too many people are running from the battle instead of marching into it because God will give you the strength to face the enemy and wipe them out that is destructing, being destructive in your life. The Lord was after a night march, Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them, the enemy, into confusion before Israel. When you speak Jesus' name, the devil will go into confusion and say, I don't even know where to, where to go. I don't know what to do. Because the name of Jesus that you have, that you speak, that is written on your heart and your mind and your soul, will totally scatter the enemy away from you and throw them into a confusion. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the way. So he per- the- the defeated them. Jesus defeated them. They said, I'm not done yet, Satan. We're coming after you. We're not waiting for the battle. We're going after you. Them along the road going up to Beth Haran and then cut them down at the way at the Ezekiah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth, Haran, and Ezekiah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. This is the judgment that God will bring upon Satan and the followers and the demons, that they, they cannot withstand the power of God being thrusted upon them. They get what they deserve because God is a, a God of judgment, a just God, and will bring his judgment upon Satan and more of them died from the, the hail that were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel that the battle is waging, raging. They are pursuing the enemy. The sun begins to, to travel down towards the horizon. There's time that is running out in the battle. And Joshua notices he stops for a moment and says we still have more fighting to do. We still have more pushback from the enemy. There's still more ground to be gained here. God, we need you to intervene. And he it says, Son, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it was written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There's never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being, to like one of us, the Lord was fighting for Israel then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal this speaks about God's character about his nature and about the power that he gives and he listens to us when we have an impossible situation in our life he will he will provide for us in a miraculous way One of the things that I love about this is that this is a very scary prayer to pray. Right? Have you ever prayed for the sun to stop and the moon to stop and the universe to stop for you? Well, it says it didn't happen before and it won't happen since, so we don't have to pray that kind of prayer. Or it won't. But I do believe that God will cause the sun to stop in your life and provide time for you to battle when needs to be battled. See, Joshua could have prayed that God would just wipe out the enemy. Joshua could have prayed that God would just go ahead and, and do the rest of the work because we pray that kind of prayer. God, you do that. You, you, you fight the battle before me. You, 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 you take out the enemy. Joshua's prayer was just a little bit different. He says, God, give me more time to fight back. Give me the opportunity to continue to battle Satan. That's kind of a scary prayer because really we don't want to we, 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 we don't want to tread over by Satan's territory because we're just not strong enough. You're right, you're not, but God is. And most of us are basically defending our back. We're trying to put our shield and everything on our back because we don't want Satan to get us, because we, he's got us running. We need to flip that shield around, and we need to be charging forward into the territory that God already has for you, the blessings that he has for you, and we need to drive Satan out. We say, God, I need more time. That conversation that you had with your family member, right, it just seemed like there was more to say afterwards. God, give me one more chance. Extend the heart. Lord, the the seeds, I have more seeds to to plant in their hearts. I I know exactly what I should have said. You ever been there? Maybe that's a, a prayer for us is just to say, God, give me more time. Give me another opportunity. Help me to keep battling for those people that you love and to push back what Satan is trying to devour. There's five A's that I want to go over today, and they're pretty brief. I realize that we don't have a whole lot of time. But these are brief, and so you're going to have to get your pen out and write down pretty quickly. But I believe that if we stick to these, we will have sun-stopping prayers. Say it with me, sun-stopping prayers. Sun-stopping prayers. One more time. Sun-stopping prayers. Are we willing to receive and to pray in a way that stops the sun from going down in our lives? Number one that we see and we we read about Joshua is that he had an active, daring faith. And to activate a daring faith in your life, if you want to see that happen, you got to be able to be daring enough to ask God to do that. And Joshua was. And to do that, to have a daring faith, we must reject certain things in our life. Reject fear. You can't have a daring faith if you have fear, right? You can't have an act of daring faith with passiveness. We have to eliminate apathy and indifference. Like it doesn't really matter if I call upon God. I don't know about this. It just seems too big. Eliminate that kind of thought process. Let's pursue God with an act of daring faith take the initiative go forward go forward just say god i'm i'm ready i'm ready to pray big i'm ready to give it over to you i'm ready to to believe in big things why how can you do this how can you have a daring faith why Can you come to God with this? Because you know he's good. You know his character. You know his nature. We read in his word what he's telling, what he can do. The possibilities of his power being demonstrated in you through your prayer life is is astounding. So you know how strong he is. You know how capable he is. You know how he can answer prayers. So we come with a daring faith, not a blind faith, where we say, God, we know that you can do this. Why? Because you know that he's not going to leave you. And it's a promise. And God doesn't break his promises. He will be with you. He will not forsake you. And he won't be against you. And so if he's not against you and he's with you, who can be? No one. We have to decide to agree with God. Can you do this? Can you have enough faith to decide to agree with God of what he says about you? that he has called you to a larger purpose in your life than what maybe you're living right now and that you can bring him glory maybe that's just the kind of daring faith that says god i want to bring glory to your name help me to do that i believe it's possible And then that vigorous faith brings a smile upon God. When we believe in God for big things, I think he is pleased with that because it's stretching us. Maybe our mind doesn't align up with our faith, right? We think we have all these doubts in here, but you know what? I'm going to pursue in faith anyways. Because faith is not limited to the concepts that you have imagined in your mind. Of what is refraining you to believe. You can believe in something with your heart and with your faith without having the reason in your mind. It's time to please God with our faith and with our trust. And you're at a point right now in your life, sitting in this chair, that you could put your full confidence in Him. Despite your circumstances, despite your doubt, you could put a full confidence in God through your faith. Are you willing to do that? Or are you having to have all the answers before you can put faith? Because if you're looking for all the answers, then there's no faith. Number two. Sun-stopping prayers come when we approach God with boldness. Yes, you can have boldness when you come before God. Because we come before God with a confidence. When we make our request to God, it's a confidence that is based upon a proven character and promises and responses from God and not you. It's not how you respond to Him. It's not how you have promised and fulfilled your promises to God. It's not even your character. It is God's character. It is God's promises in His words. And it's His response in your past that allow us to come to, his, to the throne room of grace with confidence. The promises and the character and the responses of His grace and mercy, not yours. This means that we are coming to God with a confidence and looking for answers that are in no way, shape, or form connected to our worthiness or morality of how we have proven to ourselves to be there. We come in a confidence that what Jesus did on the cross and the resurrection, we come with a confidence that says he's wiped away the things, wiped away the things that need to be wiped away and provided us a healthy, clean slate through His grace and forgiveness. It's a difficult concept to really grasp, honestly, because the memories can be there, and that's where Satan really likes to provide guilt and shame and condemnation. But we let go of that, and we live in the authority of the righteousness of Christ. And when we have the authority of Christ, we have the confidence. And when we have the authority of Christ, He does not want us to live as cowards. So we do not coward before God when we have Christ in our lives, right? And we do not come before Satan with a coward spirit where we back down, where we're afraid. We come with a confidence, and really this isn't a suggestion. This is a command. In Joshua 1.9, before they began this whole journey, he says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong. I want you to be strong. God's speaking to you right now. Go ahead. I've already given you everything you need to be strong. I've given it to you. It's yours. You take it and you be strong in that. You be confident. You be courageous. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God, I will be with you wherever you go. I'm going to be with you in that conversation at work. You don't have to worry about it. I know you're not supposed to talk about me at your workplace, but be strong. Be confident. I will protect you. I will bless you. What if... You lost your job because you were bringing someone into a realization of the faith of Christ and what God sees in them, and that they have a saving relationship with God. Would that be worth it? Now, I'm not telling you to go do that, like specifically just to get fired, but I'm just saying, what are, are we counting the cost of what it means to follow Christ, right? Because there may be an opportunity where there's a, a there's a, a chance. That someone is prime and ripe and the harvest is ready and someone asks you about God and it's at work and that's a big no-no, what is the decision going to be? No, we can handle those things with wisdom. But I believe that there are opportunities that sometimes we're faced with that we need to say, God, I'm believing in a miracle, I'm believing in your provision and I'm trusting you. Have confidence, be courageous. Don't let the world intimidate you. Don't let the workplace intimidate you. Do not be afraid. Approach God with all humility, knowing that he's given you the strength and the power. Step number three. I took a little longer on that than I wanted to. Ask specifically what is humanly impossible. Ask God for specifics. The exact request, without mumbling, without hesitation or reluctance. God, I guess if you really want to, you could you please do this? Man, we come to God? We say, God, I know you have the power. I'm giving this to you. I'm believing in faith that you can do it. I'm believing in faith that you're going to do it in your timing, and you're going to, perf- you're going to make it perfect. God, this is my request. This is over to you, Lord. Help me in my journey of faith. Help me in my journey of patience and perseverance. God, I'm, I'm trusting in your miracle. This is yours, God. I need an answer from you. Here is, here is my offering over to you. Go ahead. Ask big. Ask the son to stand still. Dream big dreams for your career. Pray for your children to be counterculture to make a profound difference at the school or the campus or the workplace. Go ahead and dream. Go ahead and think big things. Go ahead and imagine what God can do in your life. And if you can imagine he can do it. Believe that God will open your friend's eyes to Christ. Go ahead and make it an objective that you want to reach a level of influence that is greater than the level of your intellect. Go ahead. You may not be smart enough, but God will teach you and reveal all things in truth, and you will be amazed at what you say. You say, that was certainly God speaking for me at that moment. That's because you were praying for a level of influence that is outside of your capabilities. Are we afraid? Are we intimidated to use the wrong words? Then we are subjecting and we are surrendering ourselves to the wrong spirit. That's the spirit of fear, and God wants us to open up and stand firm and bold into the spirit of confidence with God. God in Christ Jesus. Go ahead, give away massive amounts of requests to God. What is it going to hurt? You're not going to offend Him when you come to Him with big areas of faith in your life. You're not going to offend God with big prayers. You're not going to offend God with big, with big ideas. Go ahead and let's, let's see what God does with that. To believe that nothing is impossible with Him because if we have the nerve to ask it, then God has the ability to perform it. Step number four, advance towards the answer. Joshua didn't ask God to wipe out more of the enemy or to do it all for him. Joshua's prayer was for him to, for God to help him advance the miracle. Here's the kicker. You could be the exact answer that you are praying for. Are you willing to believe that you are the answer that you needed in your life, that God will operate and work through you to fight that battle that God has already before you, but he is going to use you as an instrument to push back Satan and his attacks in your life and in someone else's life? Do we make the mistake of asking God to provide for us and fight for us and give us an answer without us doing anything? Go ahead be prepared to ask but be prepared to fight be prepared to advance be prepared to make a move be prepared to take an action step up to that door step up to the plate be a man of action be a man of faith a man of faith is a man of action and I mean man isn't everybody courageous faith means that we are willing to become and take part of the answer to our own prayer be prepared to chase the thing that you're praying for. Two kids were running towards school because the bell had rang and both of them were late and they did not want to have the, face the, the um, disciplinary actions of the teachers. So as they ran towards the schoolhouse, the bell was ringing. They knew that time was running short. One kid decided to stop, kneel down and say, God, provide a miracle for me. Help me not to be late. While the other kid kept on running and said, God, provide a miracle. And help me not to be late. Which one are you? Are we going to chase and pursue the miracle and be the person of action and faith while we are asking God to do the miracle? Powerful prayers mean that we line up with the heartbeat of God and and when we do that, it always brings great results. Be a person of action. Be a person of faith. Be a person that believes that God can perform miracles through you. Step number five, and as the worship team comes forward, I want us to stand together. When God does the impossible, step number five, all the glory goes to God. We do not take the credit. We are not here to say we've got it figured out. We are not here to say God gave me the answer because I. We we do not say, hey, this is how I got the answer is A, B, and C. Hey, this is all because of me. This is what I've done. This is my faith. This is what I can accomplish. Nothing about the answers of God has to do with us except that we come and we ask him and he delivers on his promises. The stories of our sun standstill prayers are ours to tell. It's yours to tell. You are able to tell and share about the good things of God, but the credit and the story itself that you share is not about you, but it's about God working and performing in your life. So when we pray for a miracle in our lives, we pray for God to show up. We pray for God to beat, back, beat Satan. We, we, we have the intention, we have the perspective that we know that this story is ultimately always going to point back to God. So we pray for a miracle. We're saying, God, help us to be an instrument so that we can share and show how much You love us and care for us and how You have provided for us in that way. It's Your story to share, but it's it's not yours. And it's not about You. It's about God. It's about God answering you. It's about God loving you. It's about God giving to you. It's about God showing you. It's about God telling you. It's about God saving you. It's about God providing for you. It's about God delivering you. It's about God... God responding to you. It's all about Him. And when you're wanting to see God move in your life, we are looking to seek after God. Not after ourselves. Because many times we are looking for a miracle that benefits us. And God's saying, no, that's not how it works. I'm going to produce a miracle in your life and you're going to use that to benefit others. And I'm going to use you to glorify my name and it's going to bring a greater joy in your life. What is your sun stand still prayer? What's impossible for you? Is it a court battle? Is it a health issue? Is it a relationship problem? Is it an emotional attack? Is it a a financial obligation? Is it a business deal? Maybe you're praying for more, more of his spirit to advance. Maybe you've been in that area where you say, God, I just want to do more. I want to see more. I want more of you. I want your power to be made known to me. More of your discernment, more of your answers to prayer. Maybe I want to see more of the God that I read in the Bible. Maybe I want to believe in faith more. Maybe I just want to understand who God is is his character and nature maybe i want to stand his love more maybe it's just a more kind of prayer in your life and what a i can't think of a greater time than now to just say god i want more of you and despite what happens you're still going to pursue you're still going to just ask you're still going to just say god i believe in you and i believe that god desires to make the sun stand still over the life of every believer here And maybe not in the dynamic or unique way like Joshua with the solar system. But he will certainly do the impossible for your life. And he will stretch time out for you. And he will cause you to be able to fight a battle greater than what you can do on your own. And he's going to use you and give you strength. And the reason why he doesn't do it just for you is so that when you accomplish it through him, you have a greater strength in him in you, not just in him. All of this is a choice. It, it, it always comes back to that decision. It's a choice. The prayer, prayer is the arena where our faith meets God's abilities. That's a choice to do that. It's a choice to say, okay, I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe. I'm going I'm to just put it on the line for God. And God's promised us that He can do more than what we can ask. God says this, I am the Lord. He's speaking to you right now. Some of you, this is resonating with your heart right now. I am the Lord, the God of all peoples. This is you. I am your God. Is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too hard because that's a question mark. He's challenging you. Is anything too hard? No. I'm going to ask you, is there something that seems impossible in your life right now that you just need God to perform a miracle in? Raise your hand. Yes, yeah, yes. Lots of us. Miracles that we need God to, put, to do for us and in, in us and through us, in our families, and relationships, physically, emotionally, the workplace. Everywhere in our life, we need God to do a miracle. I, I see that represented here. I want to pray for us. I apologize for going late apologize, but I want to send you with a prayer that is just, I want to bless you as we increase this year our faith of what God can do, right? It's a good thing. God, you see the prayers that are lifted up today, those impossible things. This next year, God, I just specifically ask that you will bring those answers into fruition, God, that next year we'll be able to say with a confidence that... That prayer that you have is possible. The things that were impossible are possible because you've seen God do it in your life. I pray for a restoration in the name of Jesus. I pray for a, uh, extra amounts of faith brought upon by your spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray for the grace to re- that we receive that in your name, in the name of Jesus. The impossible... Areas of our life that we cannot do on our own those who have lifted their hands god I pray that you will touch their hearts Remind them that nothing is impossible for you that you have this and we ask that you will provide the miracle god Work before us work with us work in us in every single person's heart God who is stretched out to you in faith god provide for them miraculously supernaturally show them How much you love them and how you are going to provide for them in a brand new way. In the name of Jesus, we seek for you to do the impossible. In the name of Jesus, we declare a power that is greater than ours. In Jesus' name, you do the work. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name over your life. In Jesus' name over your circumstance. In Jesus' name over the problems. In Jesus' name, over the emotions, over the hurts, over the hurdles, in Jesus' name, produce the miracle that only you can produce, God. We trust you, and we love you, and we give you our lives, and we surrender to you. In Jesus' name, we say together, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a fantastic day.